Black Power. I am Black Power. I am your Minister Justice. I am standing in for our brother Yanga and Kuma. Uh, our topic tonight is the legacy of Dr. King and the Black and Black nationalism. We will. I believe we have our brother Kahar on the phone. He is our co-host. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a little bit of uh, what do we have here? Marvin Gaye, what's happening, brother? And then you'll be back to the New Black Panther Party's independent radio. Until that time, enjoy. Brother Kahar, are you there? Black Power, yes, sir, Black you have Power. to hold the line tonight. Okay. Brother Kahar? Yes. I need for you to talk about this uh, legacy, the legacy of Dr. Uh, King, and as it applies to black nationalism. What we're trying oh. to do is get a hold on what has happened post Mike Brown, post I Have a Dream. T- talk to us. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. When when you say uh, hold the line, I thought what you mean uh, hold the line and wait. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, good. Uh, definitely, uh, uh, there's an honor 
once again to uh, impart uh, revolutionary information and the reason that it's good to deal with the uh, legacy of uh, Dr. King that a lot of people don't know. Uh, they have done Dr. King like they did many other great men and like they did the prophet. They give you what they want to give you, but don't give you who they really are. And uh, Dr. King was one of the men that were targeted. The United States government under counterintelligence program say they had to stop the rise of a black messiah, simply meaning one who will be able to motivate and uh, move the people forward in a united uh, fashion, especially dealing with the black nationalist uh, philosophy and ideology. And the four people they had that they target at that period of time in the 60s was Brother Malcolm X, uh, Brother Martin Luther King, uh, Brother Elijah Muhammad, and Brother uh, Stokely Carmichael. Uh, they were known as Brother Promitore now uh, that made his transition. They targeted these brothers as being the one that most likely will be able to unify uh, the black national movement. And why would Dr. King place in that category? Well, this is what I want to share tonight, and I definitely want comments on it. And uh, this is some of the research that have been done and talking with some of the people that have been there. What got their attention uh, when uh, King was 25 began to organize the Montgomery boycott. Never before on that type of level where there was a mass resistance. There was individuals that were protesting, there were individuals that were going to jail, but never before there was a mass organized and mobilized a movement. And Dr. King was called in, uh, you know, after Rosa Parks, he called in and organized that. That's number one, they recognized his power in organizing the masses. The other time they were organizing, plus the first time organized against white, uh, white supremacist. He also worked and organized in 1961. You have reached uh, the maximum time permitted to record. To send your message, press 1 at any time. To listen to your message, press 2. To re-record, message sent. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. Hello? I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was on your line at the same time. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Okay, uh, in 1961, uh, he organized uh, a core uh, Congress of uh, 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 Equal Opportunity, and he organized with them. He also organized with the uh, uh, SNCC organization and organizing with students. Now the United States government is looking very close at his field and the way that he can articulate uh, and moving the people forward. At that time, they bombed his brother home, and they also bombed the hotel room that his brother was uh, sharing during the time they were going to demonstration. And at that time, they uh, assassinated Magazelvis. Now the government is taking it to a high level, but King is still walking, and he's still marching. King began to become a target counterintelligence program before the Black Panther Party came about. But before RAM came about and before many other organizations came about, counterintelligence program target SCLC, Southern Christian Leadership Company, NAACP, National Association of Colored People, and the SNCC and core organization. The assassination uh, uh, highlighted itself during the civil rights movement, thus bringing in the black power movement. Out, out of King movement came uh, SNCC, and out of SNCC came the Black Panther Party in Lowndes County, the uh, the independent black political party used the Panther as a cat, 
became known as the Black Panther Party, the Black Panther uh, Registration Party. Their slogan became Black Power. After they marching and being beat, they hearing the slogan White Power. They've been beat by Klansmen, been beat by the racist policemen, water holes and racist firemen. And so the slogan uh, uh, of MacArthur Rick, Willie Rick came the slogan uh, Black Power, and they tested it, and the crowd went Black Power, and that became the slogan. So the slogan came out of the Civil Rights Movement. And I want people to know, people condemning the Civil Rights Movement, and they must study their history, that the Civil Rights Movement played a part, because out of all that oppression, breeze resistance, and out of that marching and being stumped and dogs being bit on, the resistance became stronger, and the resistance took on another face, and it took on the face of Loud County Freedom Democratic organization and thus using the film as a panther. Let me move on how he's moving towards black nationalism. In 1966, uh, his march coming to Chicago, the march in the racist, uh, 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 I can't think of the specific, uh, uh, I, can't, I can't pronounce the name now, but it was it was in Illinois. Uh, it, somebody helped me out later on with it. You know, I can't call the name, but when he went to Chicago, in 1966, he met with some of the street formations, street gangs, and he also met with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And that was in 1966. And prior to that, he met with Malcolm in 1964. So he was not afraid to sit down and these three brothers negotiate uh, what is happening with our people. I call it the three M's, Malcolm, Martin, and Muhammad. And so he did meet with Malcolm. And I'm moving on quickly so we can get the people involved. And uh, uh, in 1962, uh, his secretary got in touch with Malcolm. Malcolm gave uh, uh, advice, Dr. King, for a debate on terms of methods and tactics uh, being used to mobilize and organize our people. And Dr. King refused the debate, and out of he, and this is what he said, he considered Malcolm's work as positive action. Uh, towards the people, and for him and Malcolm to debate, it would bring about negativity in that debate. So he refused to uh, come and debate Malcolm based upon he didn't want the European to use that and uh, make it ne negative. Moving on, uh, when Dr. King and uh, Neil was getting beat in St. Augustine, uh, Florida, by the Ku Klux Klan, uh, uh, Malcolm wrote Dr. King, and out of Dr. King's own words, Malcolm said that he would like to send some brothers to give the Ku Klux Klan the taste of their own medicine. And a couple of times, Malcolm, when he went to Salmon, he would speak at the church that was set up by the Student uh, National uh, 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 Coalition Committee that used to be the Student Nonviolence, and they went national. Now, I'm going to end this by saying this. Uh, they they paid the United States government paid they informers and the FBI paid the FBI also attempted to destroy SELC by cutting off its sources of funds. The FBI plotted to destroy Dr. King and Dr. King's code name was uh, Zorro. Code name was Operation Zorro which included the spending of $7.5 of government funds to make sure that uh, King is discredited and that the, and, uh, and that the organization we would uh, be put away. Why was that? The FBI uh, concentrated in investigating on the black nationalist organization described the black nationalist as a, a hate group. 
But they also said the leaders and many of the black national group that they was investigating on the emergency detention program. They also looked at Dr. King because they said that Dr. King and SCLC were included because Dr. King might abandon his obedient position to white liberal doctrine, nonviolent, and embrace black nationalism. When Malcolm was murdered, Dr. King wrote Malcolm widow, Sister Betty Shabbat. And this is what he said. And I leave it open for question. Martin Luther King Jr. sent a telegram. This was February this was in February nineteen sixty five. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. sent a telegram to Betty Shabazz expressing his sadness over the shocking and tragedy assassination of your husband. While we did not always see eye-to-eye on method to solve the race problem, I always had a deep affection for Malcolm and felt that he had a great ability to put his finger on the, uh, uh, excuse me, he had the great ability to put his finger on the root of the problem. He was eloquent speaker and a spokesman for his point of view and no one can can uh, no one can doubt that Malcolm had a great concern for the problem we face as a race. That was a telegram that was sent to a Malcolm widow, uh read out to Malcolm uh, assassination. Also, when Ghana got his independence in the 60s, uh, Dr. King went over there and celebrated the independence in Ghana with the Honorable Kwame Nkrumah. Also, uh, in Jamaica, the the, uh, Jamaican government honored Dr. King, the first brother, actually, to receive the uh, Marcus Masai Garvey Human Rights uh, plaque. And so it goes on and and show how uh, King was moving forward. He spoke out against the wall in uh, Vietnam, uh, and uh, not only spoke out of the wall against Vietnam, he traveled the uh, you know the you know the world over. And the deepest thing about that was when he was assassinated, uh, uh, Adam Clayton Powell and Dr. King was um, was having a dinner, and this was in the Bahamas, and Dr. King was giving his speech. And a guy walked up to one of the guys there, and he whispered and told him, tell Dr. King not to go to Memphis because he will be killed. And this is in, uh, uh, in the Adam Clayton Powell biography. And uh, thus, that would happen. So I just want to let brothers and sisters know that uh, he might not came out and just say that uh, he was a black nationalist. It's like uh, many, many uh, comrades today might not say that. But believe me, when we understand his work, that the United States government would not kill, would not murder, would not discredit, or would not try to destroy anybody that they know they have full control over, but they did not have control over King. And as King was moving forward, so was the black power, the black nationalist movement was moving forward. And I want brothers and sisters to know that what came out of the civil rights movement came out of the slogan, black power, what came out of the civil rights movement came out uh, uh, Kwame Torre, Stokely, what came out of the civil rights movement came uh, Robert Williams, Deacon with Gun, what came out of the civil rights movement came many, many, many brothers and sisters, and what came out of the civil rights movement came the name, the Black Panther Party. And I leave the line open. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Chairman Kahar. I am just amazed at your wealth of information and the people that are on the line. I need you to press one. 
If you have questions for Chairman Kahar, because he is a walking historian as it applies to black nationalism and the new Black Panther Party. Chairman Kahar, you know, what I find very uh, amazing is that there are individuals that don't realize that Dr. Martin Luther King was a revolutionary. They always play I Have a Dream, but they never play his other speeches where he talks about the economics, the black economics, where he talks about um, how how things are affecting us here in this country regarding capitalism. They never talk about um, how he felt, uh, how he was labeled a communist. Anybody that didn't go for capitalism was a communist. Um, I understand also, um, or what I'd like to do is get your take on the movie. From I haven't seen it yet, the movie Selma, but what I am recognizing is that um, one individual said to me that they painted Dr. King as a whoremonger uh, regarding his exploits with women, and they don't believe that that should have even been in the uh, movie. And I feel the same way. That shouldn't have been in the movie as well. But people always go for sensationalism. Um, Who cares what this man's life was like uh, outside of the movement? Uh, None of us really do care about that, but we do know that this government will do just about anything to make sure that they discredit Anybody that has any type of uh, have any type of power to move the masses forward, because as the New Black Panther Party in our uh, five duties, the preamble starts off that um, we strive to move our people forward in self determination. That is exactly what we do, um, and I don't believe that people understand exactly what self determination is. I always try to give the example that if somebody is shot or killed and they're laying in the street and you decide you want to go outside and give them some CPR and the police won't let you, that is a denial of self-determination of a community. Um, I'd like for your, I'd like to get your take, sir. I'd like yeah. to get your take on, um, on, on the movie and um, yeah. more about Martin Luther King being a, a real revolutionary. Right, go ahead, sir. Okay, one, it is two things that is happening now, and please listen very closely. One thing is that because oppression and the murdering and the killing of our youth here in America right now is raising more of a militant conscience. They've seen what happened in the streets in Ferguson. They've seen what's happening in the streets in Cleveland. seen what's happening in the streets in Texas. seen what's happening in the streets around the country. Because the oppression... Uh, and there's no justice coming about, so it raises up a militant element. See, they learn from their history, and we have to learn from ours. So they know that oppression breeds resistance. And so what they're doing, so they put that King movie out as part of the propaganda to put us back in there singing, We Shall Overcome. They they brought that propaganda out for those who don't understand the struggle uh, to to say you won there, so we'll take you there through television, through your eyes, and and we're going to tell you our vision. So the movie that's coming out now uh, is is letting us know that we have made progress, and they got to give somebody a leader, but they're not going to give us a, a live leader. Now, about that discredit him, this this what they, they plot was. The FBI, and I'm reading right now from the writings of Dr. Muhammad and Fowl, the FBI take the Dr. Home, uh, 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 Dr. King home telephone. The reason that they take this home and they take this hotel room and they mail the tape recording uh, that, that they did, they mail it to him, 
and the chief of the FBI domestic intelligence division. The tape was intended to uh, bring a separation between King and his wife. And the belief that the separation will reduce Dr. King's status. The tape recording was accompanied by a note which Dr. King has been advised and his advisor interpreted as a threat that they were going to release this tape. Now, this is what their plan was, and I'm reading. The FBI plan was to check this out, to make preparation to promote someone else to assume the role of leadership of his organization by discrediting him. They already had somebody in the wings, but it backfired on them. See? It backfired on them. And this is what this tape was about. Any questions? Well, I'm opening the lines right now. I do believe that I saw Brother Yanga and Brother Yanga, who is out. Um, I, you know, let me just say that congratulations are in order because there are those of us who received promotions in the New Black Panther Party. Uh, Brother Yanga happens to be one of them. Um, I believe he is, the, he is the spokesman. I'm going to bring Brother Yanga on at this moment. Black Power. Black Power, Brother Yanga? Black Power, Black Power. I'm sorry Black for power. the delay. Brothers and sisters sitting here getting off the train, you know, doing the work. Sometimes time doesn't always agree with us. Uh, but I'm going to let Brother Kahar continue. Since I'm walking, I don't want a lot of traffic noise. And uh, just leave my line open and I'll jump in. Okay, your line is open, sir. Uh, Brother Kahar, we were weighing in on uh, Brother Yanga. We were weighing in on the movie of Selma, how uh, Martin Luther King was um, uh, a brother that I know was very perturbed over the fact that Martin Luther King was 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 perceived and projected as a whoremonger. And you and I both know that this government will do anything. Because, see, the the, the, uh, enemy never changes the way that they do things. They might change the stage, but they never change the way they do things. Um, This was designed to uh, destroy him and his wife. You know, um, I need everybody that's on the line right now, you know, press one so that you can ask these very knowledgeable, historical individuals uh, your questions. Have any questions, please press 1. And with that, Brother Yanga and Brother Kahar, y'all take it away. Yeah, one of the things is this is why uh, they also promoting the holidays. Uh, Once again, they know that the oppression breeds resistance, and they know that the young people today who have not experienced that history and our scholars, especially our revolutionary scholars, is not out teaching the people. And if we are not out teaching the people and give the people the true revolutionary history of our fighters, uh, in centuries and centuries to come, our fighters will be made the way that they want to be made. And i show you. A good example, when I was growing up, uh, Auntie Mama, had a do-rag around her head, and she was jet black. Now Auntie Mama got a perm, and she light-skinned it. And uh, when we used to look at Dr. Wow. King picture back in the day, we used to look at Dr. King picture back in the day, Doc, Dr. King was a dark brother. Now, if you notice, they're making him lighter and lighter. You know, mm-hmm. these things ain't just happening because it's just happening. What they're doing, they are recreating 
as we say, their history, the way that they want their history to be interpreted. See, and and so this is why now they bombard us with the movies. Now the thing that is black is a joke. Uh, you know, a movie called Blackish. You know, and everybody sitting around laughing at Blackish. You know, so what they're doing, they are bringing out these so-called liberation leaders, and they shaping the way that 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 they want to shape it. They said that you know, if King was a you know, a womanizer, you know, this and that. They could say what they want to say, but they did not assassinate him or kill him because of that. They assassinated him and killed him because he was doing God's work and God's will right. and organizing his people and right. organizing humanity. Yeah, they don't right. go out and they don't go out and assassinate pimps because they make pimps. They don't go out and assassinate drug dealers because they make drug dealers. They don't go out and assassinate prostitutes because they make prostitutes. So why was he assassinated? You know, and and so that tells you that he was dangerous because they said they had to stop the rise of the Black Messiah. Now, let me say this: him and Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad talked, and they sit down. That was a dangerous combination. Malcolm up north, uh, Muhammad uh, in the Midwest, and King down south. That's too much energy. That's too much power. And 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 what we don't know, they know because it is their job twenty four seven. Like they're on the phone now, it is their job twenty four seven to monitor us what we're doing. If King was not a dangerous man, they wouldn't waste the time to take his bedroom trying to slander him. If he was a dangerous man, they wouldn't try to stone him and do what they did. If he wasn't a dangerous man, they wouldn't spend seven point five million dollars alone just to get informers to uh, follow him, to take pictures of him, to infiltrate his demonstrations, to infiltrate his city, to infiltrate his march, because they were afraid, uh, afraid of him, because the closer, the more bricks they throw at him, the more he was getting closer to recognizing that America is two societies, one black and one white. And Brother they could Gamar, not allow that to happen. Yes. Brother Gamar, I need you to hold that point, because... What happened during the Civil War or the war between the states was that they could not allow the South to, 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 to succeed. They did not want them to succeed, so they forced them to be a part of the Union, which is, goes back to your point where you said that they will not acknowledge that there are two Americas. And we have on the phone, Brother Kahar, we have 973-435. Go ahead, 973-435. Question or comment? Nine seven three four three five. Question or comment? This is this is brother. Yes, who's calling? Yes, who's calling? Brother Tech. Oh, brother Tech. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, uh, this one had a comment because um the brother before he was talking about how they were um lining up the image of Martin Luther King. I just want to I just wanted to add that um it's been proven that uh um I don't know if that's the word for it, but they've been going in um ancient Egyptian tombs. And they've been lighting up the um the artifact not the artifact, the um hieroglyphics on the wall, making the um the African um people on in the actual artwork look lighter and lighter. Trying to put that's right. it was um of European. Come effect. on with it. That's right, my brother. Yes, sir. I even happened to see a show uh, that they had on the history channel where they were doing uh ancient Egypt poetry. And when the lady was reading the poetry 
she uh, alluded to the fact that uh, it said something about coming out of the water with your bright white skin. And I said, can you believe that they're even lying on the show about what uh, the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians wow. looked like? They were, they were black and they were blue-black. That's the colors of the ancient Egyptians. Uh, Brother Tech, uh, any more from you? I think that that was a very relevant, relevant thing there. Go ahead, sir. Um, that's, yeah. that's, that's all I have to add for now. What'd you say, sir? Brother Tech? That, that, that's all I have to add. That's all I have to add for now. Okay, Black Power. I think that that was a real big um, aspect. I think we have a few of the uh, Newark chapter on the line, and if you guys have any questions or comments, I expect for you to stand tall and ask your questions or comments because that is what this is all about. In the meantime, Brother Ganga, I need yes, for you. We we chose we chose the 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 episode regarding uh, Martin Luther King as it applies to the um, the black nationalism. Your your your, uh, your chairman took us from the very beginning and he brought us all the way back, and we're going to allow him to come back to the things that he was saying, but I would love to hear from you, sir. Okay. Uh, one of the things, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here, uh, I think that is good about showing the humanistic aspect of Dr. King, the alleged womanizing and all of that is because us as African people here in America have to get out of seeking that Messiah complex. One of the Correct. things that Fannie Lou Hammer had a problem with when we talk about uh, the SCLC, Southern Christian Leadership Conference, uh, was they built leadership from, they believed that leadership came from the top down and not the bottom up, not really empowering the masses of the people to make their own decisions. So in this generation and amongst us, when we see him, excuse me for breathing so hard, I'm walking, brothers and sisters. Uh, when we see him as a human and not as some Masonic figure, we start to pay more attention to the message. And I think that that's the whole point here. Look at the message of what Dr. King was saying. Look at look beyond how they teach us about our leaders. It wasn't about a nonviolent struggle. It wasn't about um, being passive or anything like that. It was about our inclusion. Dr. King was simply saying accountable spending. If you, if we're going to spend our dollars, we're not going to take the back of, we're not going to come through the back door. We're not going to sit on the back of the bus because our pennies matter. And this is what capitalists understands pennies. So our money. So one of the things that he realized before you can have any economic power, you have to have a political power. And before they will give you any political power, or recognize or any type of uh, consideration, they have to first recognize you as a human being. One of the things that he did do, and a lot of people won't agree with, was brilliant in strategy. Dr. King showed the world who the true savage was. Once that got out to the world, it placed John F. Kennedy in such a position that if they want to hold their place, America wants to hold its place as being the premier, being the leader, being those people that police the world, they first have to get their house in order. Malcolm X said it was hypocritical of the United States to condone um, South Africa and apartheid and practice segregation here at home. So I think that that's the whole thing. So one of the things, of, like I said before, reiterating the point, let's not look at it as just an attack on his character, but let's look at him as being what he was, a human being who had flaws, 
who made mistakes. Yeah, yeah. But it uh, is the message of Dr. King. A lot of a lot of times, you know, with me being a, a minister, people always uh, they always want to get at you in some kind of way. Even with being a pamper, so you guys, all of y'all on this line, uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, when 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 they talk about the Yeshua Jesus, the same difference, you know, uh, the apocrypha, the apocrypha, the missing aspects of what they know now today as the Bible. Um, the Apocrypha talks about him being human, talks about him being married, talks about him impregnating uh, Miriam. Her name was never Mary, it was Miriam. Um, and then when they ask me, do I believe in Jesus, I have to always say, yes, I believe that there was a black man who was preaching the truth that was that was killed. Uh, we have on our line as a question, 917 642 Nine one seven six four two. Go ahead. The line is your your mic is hot. Black power, black power. I just wanted to call in and congratulate Brother Kahar and Brother Yenga. This is Brother Info from the Newark chapter. Uh, I'm actually racing in the door to go to the bathroom. I apologize, but I'll get back on in a second. Well, that brother shows uh, he's human too. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> black power. Black Power. Uh, let me, uh, uh, you know, let me. Can I? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother, Chairman. No, no. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. But one of the things that I wanted to emphasize and really talk about on this radio program is where Dr. King took us and how much do we have to go and and pose a question to the listeners and please chime in. And there again, you're listening to the New Black Panther Party Radio, the People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. Um, and so call in with your questions, comments, and opinions. But one of the things that I did want to touch on was where did Dr. King take us and how much farther do we have to go and have uh, Chairman Carr touch on that we have to understand a lot of times this devil, he pits us against one another. He'll have us in this day and time, they say hindsight is twenty yeah. twenty. So we can look back on Dr. King, we can look back on the Abernathy's and all of these people and really start getting into that divisionary type thing. Oh, Dr. King was this, he was that, but not understanding or really, really overstanding that the black power movement was birthed out of the civil rights struggle, out of the trials and failures of a lot of the civil rights struggle. And a lot of the brothers and sisters saying, Hey, we have to take it to the next level of the game. And I think that that's a connection that I hope that, uh, Chairman Kahar can really speak on because without that connection to history, we're destined to repeat it. And that's what we have now. A lot of people don't know history, so we have these puppets being paraded in front of us, taking us back to civil rights and the integrationist platform. Well, I uh, about, hit on that. Well, I well, hit well, on that earlier. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I uh, hit on that earlier uh, when you were walking, uh, and I gave the dates of, uh, of uh, 1955, when he first started uh, organizing that uh, uh, that Montgomery boycott, and he took the eyes uh, from the uh, uh, Communist uh, Party, because the uh, counterintelligence program was called Pro, simply mean uh, Communist Intelligence uh, uh, Unit. And uh, when Dr. King uh, moved the movement, the Communists tried to infiltrate his movement, but in that boycott, that was the first time we fought the white races. 101, 2, or 3, or 4, 5, but never uh, we did it in the way that King did it in the boycott in 1955. So they say that 
we got to watch him. Then he organized with the Freedom Riders, and they said that uh, we got to watch him. Then he organized what came out of that civil rights movement came out SNCC. SNCC first started known as the Student Nonviolent Coordinated Committee, and then they took that nonviolent off and became Student National Coordinating Committee. So even SNCC coming out of that, even SNCC went through a revival movement. And what what came out of SNCC was uh, Ralph Brown now, Imam Demir Alameen, who is a political prisoner in prison, and he's in bad health. And uh, we should remember him in our doors, in our prayers, and, and in our work. Uh, what came out of that came Robert Williams, one of the president of the Republic of New Africa and the deacon for defense and justice, and the one who came up with the uh, papers, Free Dixie, also one of the first black men that went and met with uh, Mao Zedong. He went to Vietnam. He got where he met with Ho Chi Minh. He went to uh, North Korea. He met with Kim Il-sung. This brother came out to the uh, civil rights movement. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off just for one moment because we know that historically it was the young people that always pushed right. any movement forward. And what I'd like for you to touch on for for the individuals that are on the phone, they're like they're young people. And the fact of the matter is. Um, it is the young people who have always moved anything. You know, tell us a little bit more about SNCC, and then we'll go to our caller on um, 973-855 as soon as Brother Kahar speaks about SNCC. He needs to tell you how old these individuals were. These were young people. They were not people that were seasoned with life, bringing the situation forward, bringing black nationalism forward. These were individuals that were in high school. These were individuals that were in college. And I'd like for um, Brother Kahar to um, speak about how young these individuals were. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, uh, all of us were young. Uh, I got involved in the movement uh, on the 64, and uh, if God willing, uh, this year I'll be 65, uh, and my birthday is 911, uh, September. Uh, all of us started young, uh, coming out of the movement. It is the students who lead the movement. It is the youth who lead the movement. And this is why we have a saying here, uh, wisdom is strength. With that strength, uh, 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 excuse me, yes, with that strength, you must have wisdom in order for strength to exist. Without wisdom, you must have strength for wisdom to exist. So it was the youth who carried the spirit, but it was the elders that we were following. And Dr. King, like everybody else, uh, before you become a leader, you must be a follower. And every member of the People's New Black Panther Party, uh, we are followers. Uh, people call me a leader, a uh, chairman. No, I'm a follower. Who I'm following? I'm following the righteous ancestors that left the blueprint because I was a youth and a student. Now I'm an elder. My job is to pass it on to the youth. When that youth become an elder, it's his and her job to pass it on. And so wisdom and strength are both the right hand, the left hand. Wisdom and strength are both the heart and the mind. And and the body follows both of that. With that, Brother Carl, so, we're going to go to, I, I'd like to go to, I don't mean to cut you off. You have so much no, great information. I don't want you anytime. to miss out. I don't want you anytime. or Brother Yang to miss out on the questions. We will now go to uh, 973-855. Black Power, what is your question or comment? Um, My name is Brother Knowledge from the North Chapter Chief of Staff. 
and I would like to uh, congratulate everybody, you know, moved up in the ranks on a national level. <clears throat> and I have a statement and kind of like a question. Um, my statement is, in the Constitution, it says the black man is three-fifths of a man. And um, I would like to know if anybody who was ever on the line as well, did they ever uh, uh, fix that statement in any way to say with a whole man is a three-fifths of a man? Because if not, that kind of explains everything that goes on today as well, as, as a part of explaining, you know, why that thing goes on as well. Brother Yang, quick. Black Power, sir. Black Power, brother, uh, brother Chief of Staff. Um, Black Power. That's the story. When, when you read it in just terse words, they try to make you believe that it doesn't mean exactly what it says. But I'm going to let Chairman Kahar or Brother Yanga take that question. Black Power. Black Power. Uh, it's, it's showing uh, every day. Uh, they. Uh, once that were put out, it was engraved in, in uh, white supremacist ideology. Uh, and it shows when they shoot our brothers down with their hands up. It shows when they beat our sister down with their hands up. It shows that that philosophy of three-fourths of a human being still exists. Right now, they have laws that will put you under the jail for mistreating the dog. They just recently had a football player who they accused of having a dog fight. They stripped him from his football position. Uh, they uh, uh, bankrupt him, caused his family to stop and everything because they say that he had, you know, uh, uh, doing a dog fight. They have people who fight among animals, and even in the history, uh, they will kiss a dog. But when I was growing up down south, if you go in their house and you drink water from a glass and you turn turn your back, they take that glass and they throw that glass in the garbage can, you know, because they don't want to drink behind us. But yet they still practice that today when they can shoot innocent human beings down, then they do not see us as a human being. There is no more the written word, the word that been rooted into the white supremacist mentality. And so that still exists today. But the worst thing about it, my brother, now let's talk about us as a people. When we run around calling each other niggas and the sisters bees and we calling that, we are dehumanizing ourselves. And we think it's just a word, but no, it's in that word is death. In that word is a negativity. In that word is no life. If I come up and say, hey, what's up, brother? Uh, you're going to feel good. I say, hey, what's up, sister? You're going to feel good. Now, how supposed to feel good? And you come and say, what's up, my dog? Or what's up, my bitch? Or what's up, my nigga? This is language that the Black Panther Party, the new Black Panther Party, the people party, we got to have new language for the people, and we got to bring in new attitude for the people, and that started with the language. And we got to kill that that, that we three, uh, three, four. And I'm going to run this down to the brothers who's on the line looking now. You find a brother who uh, take a gun and, and he murder another brother, and you ask him, say, man, what, what went down? Man, I just killed a nigga, man. That nigga shouldn't have did that to me. No, you killed a human being. You killed somebody's son or somebody's daughter. So I'm saying that three-fifths of a human being is subliminally planted into our mentality and into our minds, and you know a man, what he's thinking by his action. And so, yes, uh, we got to use the language, and we have to kill that because we see ourselves still three-fifths of a human being. Thank and you, I appreciate it. Brother, I thank you and number revolutionary love for the comrades and number revolutionary love for the people, and that's what it's all about because, man, you talk about three-fifths, 
man, we are straight up 1,000, 2,000, 3 billion percent of what the creator had created us to be. And we got to go back and develop that, man. When we talk about in the three Ds of the Panther program and our nine objectives, the Black Panther Party nine objectives, first uh, D is to define who we are. The second D is to develop who we are. And the third D is to definite, comrade, to defend who we are. Because when we say define, because they define us as three-fifths. To develop, that means that we are who we are, and we are that that the Creator had created us. And to defend that, we will defend our nation as a nation of brothers and sisters. We talking about black nationalism. Black power, sir. Uh, Brother Yang, I'd like you to question for the young people because you are a young person, although nobody probably knows it but me and Brother Kahar. Uh, because they haven't seen you, uh, you are dealing with not only the street organizations, but you also dealing with the elders within the party. And from from long time, uh, and in any organization institution within the the hells of America, the 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 black folks always seem to want to put a stronghold on any organization, the elders, and they don't ever want to pass the baton. And that's unfortunately why a lot of our organizations seem to fail. I need you to weigh in on that, Brother Yanger. Talk to the young people. Black Power. Black Power. Can you hear me? Black Power, sir. Yes, Yes, sir. Black Power. Well, to address, um, like what the brother was saying, the three-fifths of human being, I think that that goes back to, like Chairman Carr was saying, we have to defy ourselves, kujakalia, self-determination. And where that comes from, we don't care what they call us. We have a power called economic power. Through unaccountable spin, they get us caught up in our emotionalism, and we don't think. They can. They used to talk about, I remember back in the day, they used to say, uh, you don't stand a Chinese chance in hell. They used to talk about the Jews. They used to talk about every other people. When the people discovered nationalism and the power of claiming a nation and proclaiming a culture and spending that benefited them, it made the capitalist society, and we're talking about here this white man, recognize them. All of a sudden, they didn't fall in love with the Chinese. They didn't fall in love with the Jewish community overnight, but they recognized economic power. They recognized boycott. What we have to do is accountable spending. You know, we can be three-fourths a human being, but I bet that money ain't three-fourths a dollar. When you spend a dollar, it's not 75 cents. It's not 50 cents. It's a dollar. So when you buy, find out where these corporations, if they're sponsoring atrocities in Africa, if they're sponsoring policies that are directed towards you and I. And once we start to understand that, we start to understand political power. We start to understand the back to people who are not saying that we're not reformists. We're not saying that politics is the be-all. We're not saying that politics is the end of our struggle. But we're saying that through certain procedures, it's a strategy. Through certain procedures, you have to recognize us. So the answer to all of that is nationalism. They're going to call you nigger. They're going to call you coon, moon cricket, and, and some of the most offensive and sometimes even the hilarious, most hilarious names that you've ever heard. But one thing they do understand is the dollar. We go back to Dr. King. We go back to the uh, Montgomery bus boycotts. You think all of a sudden we start letting black folks sit in the front because they had a change of heart? They realized that economic boycott. You had black businesses uh, start up from that. People started making money, running their own, what what do we call them, when I lived in Binghamton, New York, up top, upstate, they called it gypsy cabs. 
So we started running gypsy cab services. What we have to do is start to have collective spending. We have to work cooperatively in our, in our politics. We have to create a culture that is inducive to growth and progression in our community and the hell with what they call us. And we do all of that until the time that we can separate and that we can build up strong bases that when we do separate, that we don't feel the effects of the up and down of their economy. So that comes from, and that's why revolutionary Pan-Africanism comes in, creating strong ties with the African continent for export and import. We have to remember, brothers and sisters, you are the resource. So we can't allow them to defy us, and we can't allow them to tell us what freedom is, black power. Black power. Black power, sir, black power. What I'm wondering is, uh, my goodness, after, uh, okay, we say post Martin Luther King Jr., uh, regarding the black nationalist movement, what I'm trying to figure out is why is it that individuals uh, are not, uh, they are spending their money. They keep spending like Jordans. I mean, Jordan is just a shoe, my Lord. Like, my, they, they will stand online for hours, but they won't go to a parent-teaching conference. They won't engage themselves in any of the organizations that have to do with black power. And the New Black Panther Party in Newark has a program, a nutrition program, where they not only feed the children, but they teach them Swahili, they teach them drumming, they teach them kinetics. But as soon as the parents hear black power, they're ready to run out the door. So uh, if they believe in I have a dream, why is it that they cannot believe in I have a dream for my black children? Brother Kahar, that question goes to you. One is, let me uh, first say uh, 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 what Yanga just just said, and uh, that was 1,000% uh, correct, uh, Yanga, and a lot of people don't know that. Uh, one of the first contracts that were put on uh, Dr. King Light was the business uh, industry in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, uh, the business people had put a hit out on Dr. King, and there's a lot of brothers and sisters uh, don't know that uh, because uh, uh, it's like you say that boycott was uh, hitting a uh, pocket and that uh, integration wasn't because they love you but because uh, our community was a thriving community and that we sustain ourselves economically with our own schools, our own theaters, our own community uh, police. Uh, we had everything that we needed and uh, we financed ourselves and that dollar bill circle in our neighborhood, that dollar bill circle and uh in our family houses and that's why they bombed Black Wall Street. That's why they bombed Rosewood. And these just uh, uh, uh cities uh where our people congregate. But imagine all the other small towns that were self sufficient that was bombed and that was overrun by uh white supremacists. Now going uh, back to the uh, uh going back to the family in terms of why they ain't dealing with uh black power. See black power and black nationalism First of all, black nationalism is holistic. Now, you say you're black nationalist, and I walk in your house and see a white Jesus up on your wall. There's a contradiction there. And so you wonder why you wearing a red, black, and green and wearing a kufi cap, and but you got a white Jesus up in your house, and uh, you singing, uh, you know, Jesus, I love Jesus. Call these white, pay me a nigga every night, love Jesus, and my rope. I know called the Pope says so. And yet you walking out, and then at the same time they see you kneeling. 
They they see you going to the store and, and you asking for credit from the white man. You asking credit from the Arab man. You asking credit from the Frenchman, the Jewish. So it's a contradiction. So then when you try to correct our children and tell them about black power, and it's like Yang said, they don't see no black power. You know, they don't see uh, the proper spending. We are the most wasteful spending people on the planet uh, because the lack of education and economics, we're talking about black economics, uh, then that causes a problem. And so our children, we are the first example. Our babies look at us, and they mimic us, you know. And if they see us living the, the life of an Afrocentric thought, then they will have an uh, African-centric thought. It's just simple as that. Then the other thing that uh, we do that we take our brothers and sisters from, uh, 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 away from black nationalism and we find out it's so hard to deal with them, look what we allow them to look at. Yeah, I go spend, you know, $100,000 on Jordan because every time I look at a TV and I look at a commercial, that's what I see. Every time I see that's supposed to be in prospect, you allow me to look at it. We don't got to the point today where our children uh, go in their room and we give them a computer and they stay in their room 24-7. We don't even go in there questioning what they're doing. You know, we don't monitor nothing like that. And so I'm saying I'm talking about the reality of it because some of us do that. Well, go on to your room. They'll turn your TV on or go on to your room. Get on the computer. But at the same time, they're being programmed, and then we wonder where they're getting it from, and we think they're getting it from the streets. No, they they get it from straight inside the house. Now the propaganda is coming into our house. When I was growing up, the TV went off at uh, 12 o'clock, uh, uh, a big circle, and then the TV would go, now the TV is 24-7. So you constantly, your, your brain is being fed constantly 24-7. See, That's so right. we have to... We have to monitor uh, nationalism is a way of life. Nationalism is not a fashion. Uh, nationalism is not a uh, a, a uh, concert. Nationalism is your life. It's your walk. It's your talk. It's your culture. It's your music. It's your beat. It's your love making. It's your eating. You know, nationalism is what it is. It's natural and it's living. So we're talking about black nationalism is something that we have to show uh, our brothers and sisters every day. I can't be black in my house when I walk outside. My children see me bowing and, and yes, sir, yes, sir, boss, and I'm shaking. And I say this and I end this. A good analysis is a black man who who working in a European store, and somebody come in and rob that store, that black man would jump across the counter, take a bullet to protect uh, that man's store, then he go home and somebody break in his house, and then he beg that person to break in the house, don't shoot him. He, he willing to fall weak in his own house, but he ready to protect somebody else's property. See, and this is the way our children look at us. If I'm a panther in my house, I'm a panther in the streets. If I'm a panther in my house, I'm a panther in the church. If I'm a panther in my house, I'm a panther in the mosque. If I'm a panther fully dressed, I'm, and, and, and I'm a panther butt naked. If I'm a panther alive, I'm a panther when I make my transition. And so yes, once our children see that, once our children see that, then that is the example. The home is the example. When we talk about organizing the community and the family in the community, we must also recognize our immediate family, and that's why I'm so proud of my son, Yanga. Yes, I'm proud of him, too. I love you, Yanga. You know, uh, Brother Yanga is 
is considered our youth, and 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 to be he must have an old soul because Brother Yanga is the youth, and he holds the line in so many different facets, and 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 and, and he also tries to make peace within uh, so many different facets. But um, as I said. It's always, you know, we had a, a situation within the North chapter, um, and it's kind of unique because primarily, um, it's not. It wasn't a, a, a elder. It, there are individuals who decide that they want to, um, they want to hijack the the party. They want to hijack what's going on, and they don't want to do no work. They want to make it slow down. And I'm so very proud of the individuals of the North chapter because these individuals have the spirit, the spirit that moves things forward. And with that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to uh, Brother Informed Nation. Brother Informed Nation is our is the is the brother that is the local minister of information. He has a wealth of what we need to know. Black Power, Brother Information, go ahead. Black Power, Black Power, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was caught off guard. I, I, I heard my it was, it was happening before that. Please repeat it. I apologize. I just I, I, what I reiterated that that you are a local minister of information, and that it is the young people who need to so much have information to give to young people. And Brother Yanga, I was saying Brother Yanga is a is I don't want to say that he's a child, but um he's a young person with an old soul that wears various different hats in the in the party as well as outside the party, connecting with not only the street organizations but the youth but the youth. And you having the wealth of information, I'd like for you to share some of that information regarding how the young people are being um, uh, held on to a stronghold because there was a problem with the youth in uh, Ferguson. Uh, the youth in Ferguson started the movement, and then when they started the youth movement, here comes Al Sharpton. He hijacked or tried to and would not let them get on the mic, brother. I need to hear from you, local minister of defense, local minister of information for the new Black Panther Party of Newark, Black Power. Black Power, Black Power, Black Power. And I'm going to touch on that. I'm going to try to, but I want to go back. Um, when I was growing up, and I'm in my 40s, when I was growing up, we had the 5% Nation in New York uh, catching up the young folks and, you know, giving them that knowledge. Um, I'm a product of the Boy Scouts of America. I'm a product of um, several other organizations I ain't going to mention right here. But um, there was things going on. There was things happening. These young folks have a, 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 a I don't even, I can't find a word right now. There's nothing for them. Um, we got video games, we got um, a lot of things going on, and we need something to fill in that gap. And mind you, we got social networks, and it can be used for good, it can be used for bad. And me, myself, I've been doing as much as I can, as hard as I can on these social network sites, and it's getting a great response. I have a few, a few people that are supposed to be coming down on Saturday. Um, they can't make it to the, uh, the Thursday meetings, but they want to come down on Saturday to come in and hear what we have going on. And Newark is making Big strides. I'm getting a lot of accolades about what's going on in Newark. But um, as far as what you were saying, um, uh, I'm I just put a put a, a brain freeze. Um, um, somewhere in the, um the marching, um, we get we get we get discouraged because a lot of people right right now it was Black Lives Matter, 
and it, it is important that Black Lives Matter. However, they try to change the, the momentum and put that all lives matter. And we got discouraged, or not we, but, you know, the, the young folks are getting discouraged. Not only that, you have a lot of people posing, and then there's no, 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 no direction. Where are we going with these marches? What, what's going on? And what I like, or what I heard that I liked was the mayor of New York City, he admitted that we kind of drained the officers without protesting. The officers had to do overtime. The officers were uh, pushed to their limits, and we were actually breaking them. However, they did something. I can't even put my finger on it. They changed the momentum on us. But we got to stay focused. Yes, sir. Black yes, power. sir. Uh, Black Power. We have another call, and that call comes from 862-888. Black Power, you are live and on the air. Black Power family, this is Queen Ruby, local minister of community programs. How is everyone? Black Power Queen, and you are a phenomenal queen, I must say. Go ahead. Thank you very much. So are you, by the way. Um, Basically, I wanted to get back to uh, when you were touching on uh, the families and and why people, they're not in it, the mothers and the fathers, they're not in their child's life, but they can buy their children $100 sneakers, but the report cards look like crap. I'm going to, I agree with the brother. It goes back to the media, the whole situation with the media, and it's been going back for decades. That is the tool. That is their main tool, the brainwashing. We always, our people, we didn't see our faces on, on TV. So when we saw the happy couples and the happy families, you don't necessarily know if you can measure up. I don't smile like that. I don't look like that. I don't walk like that. I don't talk like that. I don't address my husband and my children that way. But this is what you're telling me an ideal family is. So that's discouragement right there, discouragement that passes along from generation to generation to generation. We're just starting to see our faces on television. And now not only are we seeing our, our faces, as soon as you start seeing us the way we actually look, Oh, you know they got to mix it up. They got to throw a mix in there. You got to be a you 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 got to have some light on either side of you. You know you got to contrast the darkness. That I'm sick of. I would like to go back to the um the days when the brother said TV went off. I'm a young sister, but at the same time, I do remember you get that beep that whole That's thing. Right. You can't even okay. You know I know what I'm talking about. You couldn't even. Yeah. You keep flipping, 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 hoping something would be on after a certain time. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah. to get back to disengage, disengage. Get our young people to disengage when you're not surrounded by the internet and 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 the and the television and the and the media and the masses. It just when you're involved with people who are like minded. Good, good soul, good purpose, mission purpose. Then that's what your mind starts to reflect. That's what you start to take in. You put out what you take in, and you really cannot tell me there are too many positives. I don't care how good they said, how much integration has been going on. What do people outside of America and within certain parts of America know about black people? What do they know about us? What they see on the television? Sassy, smart mouth, especially when it comes to the sisters. Everybody's stereotyped and gentrified. It's ridiculous. I would like, you know, just to start putting out there, disengage. Disengage. If if you can only start with 20 minutes, disengage for 20 minutes. 20 minutes, get a book, even if you do read a newspaper, but read something that's going to, 
motivates you, something positive to your soul. Pick up a Panther magazine. You understand what I'm saying? You don't need today people, all of that. It's just, like I said, the media and the brainwashing, that is one of the main issues that need to be addressed. But people are so scared, they don't know how to communicate outside of that loop. We need to create, and Brother Info understands you in this when it comes to creating our own loop, because when all this, this whole grid goes down, how are you going to reach out? How are you going to get your message across? These are things that need to be considered, and that's just my opinion. Black power. Black power. Black power, Queen. Uh, and I'd like everybody to know that Queen Ruby is most essential in affordable housing. Uh, she gets affordable housing for the people where she lives. She gets uh, jobs. Queen Ruby is very essential and was handpicked by our brother, uh, chairman, uh, local chairman, Brother um, Arias, our, our boards are lighting up. I'd like to go to uh, 256-727. Black Power, your line is hot. Do you have a question or a comment? Black Power, yeah. I'm, um, this is Sister Lady Freedom, local chairwoman in the Alabama area here in Birmingham and Selma. And yes, uh, glad to be on Black Power Radio. Black Power. Black, Black Power. Power Queen. Black yeah, power. I um I'm just recently tuning in and I heard um I heard a little talk about the marches and and being a representative for for Selma and with all this talk and and uh, hoopla that's surrounding Selma at this time. Um, I wanted to comment when the brother asked, "What do we do?" You know, because uh, I caught I caught a good amount of flack for uh, not only being. Uh, a revolutionary, but also uh, taking part in nonviolent marches. <laughs> uh, but and, and that's a question that that is asked a lot of times. And and what I found is that um, whenever if if people do participate, whenever a march is taking place, it's really a good time to network and to actually get some straightening. And by some straightening, I mean to say. Like, people, it's too many people that are just going out to these events, Black Lives Matter, hands up, don't shoot, I can't breathe, all of that, just to march. But when people don't have a goal, a, a common goal in mind as far as, okay, we have to have uh, some type of community review board. We have to have uh, sensitivity training for the officers. But as long as uh, people continue to march without some demands, that they are requiring and uh, people just coming together to sing, you know, we shall overcome, it's going to continue to be much of the same. And I would say that's that right, our, that's right. Yeah, and I would say that our responsibility as revolutionaries, as people for the liberation of our people is to really is to really be in the midst of that with a solution. Even if you don't agree with marching, it's not your stay, it's not your swag. You know, it's still a good culmination of people where you can actually get in some solutions. We know that we have many of different solutions on our on our platform, uh, just with just with our points. You know, and but Lady so, Freedom, um, Lady, Lady Freedom, I'd like to um, introduce the board, the, the the individuals that are on the line. My Lord, it is several of them. I'd like to introduce you as one of the individuals, if I'm not mistaken, who has ran for the public the Republic of New Africa. I'd like for you to touch on that as it um, as it applies to. Uh, 
Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and Black Nationalism Queen. Black Power, I'm so glad to have you. Oh, Black Power, it's an honor to be on the line with all these black castic people. And I'm glad that you brought the um, the PGRNA into this conversation because um, that's, that's another arm of our black power that we need to be implementing. You know, so yeah, many of our young people, people don't know. The young people don't yeah, know and, about and, the blueprint there, there again of the PGRNA. Yeah, and, and, and then again, we're going back to what I was saying earlier, whereas even if marching is not your silo, it's still a com- it's still a good combination of people who are looking for answers to what do we do? How do we stop this? How do we make this change? And so with, with being able to say, hey, we've got a solution. Who's, who's going to keep looking to this government to treat these people, to, to bring these people to justice? We have our own way to bring these people to justice through our own government. We don't have a vote of confidence for this government either. So we have an option uh, in the PGRNA, you know. So it's really now is a great time for for people who are really moving forward for black liberation to get involved with the people who may not know what we do, why we do what we do, even what we do, what it means. You know, now is the time to get out and be educating the people because the people are looking for something. They are just, like, so ready to get a hold to anything, and it's up to us to give them the right something to grab a hold to so that we can really uh, so that we can really implement these programs that we have in place. Because if we get the people behind us, and I think about um, one of my favorite movies and, and the scene that happens there where um, uh, in the spook that sat by the door, and they were they were getting ready, getting ready, getting ready, getting ready, and it may not have been the event that they expected. Whereas the people came together and began to uh, implement whatever their plan was, but they had a way to direct the people. There were people that were already ready to to be on the reserve, so to speak. So now is the time and. Being in Selma, being in Alabama, seeing what's going on, uh, and and actually marching and seeing nothing happen, and and having to re-strategize to see, okay, how do how do we do what we do? Uh, it's for lack of a better analogy, I'm gonna say you have to take it on up the line. Stop talking to well, that cashier that can't make that can't make the decision. I'd like to. Lady Freedom, I'd like for you to hold that point because I'd like to premiere you on another one of our shows with, with Chairman Brother Kahar, with uh, Brother Yanga, regarding the PGRNA, because the young people have absolutely no knowledge about how profound and prolific the PGRNA is to who we are and what it is that we are fighting for. Um, I'd like to know, uh, did you when, did, 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 did you procure the position that you were going for in the last couple of months? I'm, I'm blessed to say that I was uh, able to acquire enough votes to be uh, one of the vice presidents for the PGRNA, and I'm really looking Black forward power, to Black Power, Queen, Black Power. Black Power. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to using that office to really 
um, promote not only the PGRNA, but other organizations that work as a part of that, like in COBRA. I really believe that if we get enough young people together, if you look and see Iggy is, oh, uh, not Iggy, is a, uh, Azalea Banks right now. Her, she's just tweeting left and right. We need reparations. Tell them people pay our money. And I'm like, hey, we need to. Uh, so, so if we just make our correct, proper propaganda and start letting people know that they do have an option, they do have a different uh, line of recourse, and we start going up the ladder and quit talking to the cashier, They'll know who we are for long. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Queen, I am so happy that you got on the line because uh, the, the New Black Panther Party, uh, the young people, the youth, need to take the reins of the PGRNA so that they would know what's really going on and the blueprint for black power and how it's moving. In the meantime, uh, Queen, we also have... Nine seven three two seven seven. Black Power, your your mic is live. Nine seven three two seven seven. Your mic is live. Okay, so nine seven three two seven seven. They have no question or comment. Although they even pressed the the button for it, <laughs> but by the same token. I'd like this based um this show to be based in the young people. Brother Kahar has the history that can enhance what it is that the youth have scratched the surface of. I'd like for Brother Yanga to come on. I'd like for him to talk to us a little bit more about black nationalism, the PGRNA, and how we making this thing happen. Black power. Black power. Uh, what is one of the things that uh, I heard that is totally necessary, when uh, we see these brothers and sisters marching and we see these formations marching, uh, that is a sign that the people are tired, especially the youth are tired. But what we have to do when we do get with them, we ourselves, as the provision government, we ourselves as the people's uh, Black Panther Party. We ourselves must have ourselves tight. We must have a solid, tight objective uh, to take the people towards. Uh, we have to be solid and then come in a vanguard. And what I mean by vanguard is not being only where the people's at, but see beyond the horizon, where we going from here. And that has come from, once again, studying the history and learning from the history, you know, one of the most embarrassing things that can happen. We had a, over a million men marching, and we came back, and we still getting killed. We had a hundred, uh, a million women marching, and we came back, and we still getting killed. Then we went and said, "Well, we're gonna organize a hundred youth marching." We came back, and we still getting killed. Why? Because lack of solid organization, lack of solid structure. Now, to bring that down, the question of reparation, it will be a question because when it comes down to money, which organization represents the interests of the people where reparation will go? Because reparation is land, reparation is factory, reparation is school, you know, and that in order for us to achieve that, then the American government has to admit that a crime has been committed, that there's no statutory to genocide or murder. But if she don't come to that, then how how do we go about that? What is happening with our youth 
is that and Andy marches. If you notice, he marches. He marches is now being co-opted and taken over by the uh, uh, socialists, by the white left, and uh, so they are using us as cannon fire. They putting us out there up front, but uh, as black nationalists, I'm not gonna trade no USA European foot in my butt for a USSR foot in my butt. Ain't no foot going in my butt. So when we say black nationalism, we talk about being independent and taking that energy what our people have and give that people towards a nation. The other thing is that we have to begin to build local liberated zone. Ferguson must have a liberated zone economically and politically and socially. Uh, Cleveland must have a liberated zone. When we start building liberated zones, then we will start building uh, building solid nations. And that is the good example in Africa. Africa had many, many societies. And uh, Kwame Krumah and other brothers, including Honorable Mama Saigabi, say we need a United States of Africa. And simply meaning that we have solid society. Cleveland must become and the society with a revolutionary conscience. And I end that by saying this. Cleveland was one of the first cities that elected a black mayor. And one of the reasons that they elected a black mayor, Malcolm came here and spoke. And the first uh, uh, speak that he gave, uh, the ballot or the bullet, was here. Because the black nationalist society in Cleveland had Cleveland on a lockdown. And so when Malcolm came and spoke, ballot or the bullet, uh, they had a choice to maintain the bullet, uh, take the people to the ballot. And when they uh, voted Carl Stokes in, uh, Carl Stokes' first job was he removed all the white cops from the black community here in in Cleveland. That history, a lot of brothers and sisters don't know about that history. So wherever we are at, we must start building from now. If there's a demonstration in New York, New York belongs to us. I don't care what outsiders come in or who else come in. We must organize there because there's too many times we go places and we organize and we leave and we leave nothing there. You know, uh, uh, wherever we at, Jersey must become a liberated city. You must be the chairman, not of just the party, but the chairman of Jersey. You must be the defense minister, not the defense minister of just the party. You must be the defense minister of Jersey. In other words, when the people in the street see you, you also they defense minister. And when the people see you, you also they chairman. And that's how we get into these organizations and we sit down and we build a strong coalition here around 137 shots. Everybody's not going to be a panther, but everybody can be part of the Black Power Movement. Yes, sir. What we're going to do right now, we are going to go to some music because we got to pay these bills. We're going to go to see your hands. Like, let me see your hands. No matter where you at and what you went through, let's see your hands. Black power. Black power. Yo, it's crazy how a nigga can go from an individual to an icon, from an icon to an individual overnight, you dig but it got you feeling like the man, let me see your hand. If you're living for the future, cause you know you got a plan. Let me see your hand, let me see your hand. Have you made it to the top that you were dealt a bad hand? Let me see your hand, let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. 
down memory lane When we was living on manage Rob going insane Through the days of drugs, love, money, hunger and pain Every Christmas daddy getting missing, doing his thing So uh, shout out the single mother doing their thing And them niggas with no fathers that be making the change Crazy Yo, this generation of curse Well, my nieces and my nephews on the family first All my brothers and my sisters on the family first Tell me how the good love manifests in the hurt But I just turn the music up, push the 80s work Hey, tell what? But I'm an angel, yeah. shameless And hopefully a pretty boy land on famous And if I'm shameless, famous I'm a blade to flame it Spray out for my flow is what the homies yeah. say Real good, like they calling me the man. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Living for the future, cause I know I got a plan. Let me see my hand. Let me see my hand. Better feel I'm real good, like they calling me the man. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. You made it to the top, but you were dealt a bad hand. Let me see your hand. Can you see my hand? Hand, hand, oh. Back then I took a couple of L's I never fell, still ill Haters ringing my bell What the hell, bruh? It ain't over Like Lil' Flip said, nigga, it's game over I must have had a horseshoe with four-leaf clover A cat with nine lives or a sword over shoulder And bitches trying to be a billionaire like Hova Bruno Mars and said it's best Yes, coming fast in the best in this music Cause of how I be doing it uh, 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 Oh, it's how I be doing them Top down, fresh ways It's just what I do to them Hard bottom to the pedal with the three-piece suit on them If they want me for that feature, tell them what can I do for them On the stage at the college and doing something to you for them Yeah Cause that's just how I produce yeah. them And it's words to my mother letting poetry loose on them Black Power, Black Power, we are back, and we're going to go to uh, Lady Freedom. We're going to go to Lady Freedom regarding, uh, let me see your hand. Uh, the young people, we wonder what is going on here regarding um, black nationalism, and I have a dream with Martin Luther King. How do those two entities mix? They're having a real problem with that because, as as Queen Ruby suggested, that they're being bombarded by media. And Black Power, I need to hear from you, Queen. All right. Yeah, the way that those two things intertwine, as far as the dream that Dr. King had and the hands up, don't shoot, they're basically still asking for the same thing. Dr. King was asking for this in the 60s, and we're still asking for the same thing in the 21st century, which is for the the children to be seen for the, the content of their character and not for the color of their skin. We know black is beautiful, but everybody don't see beautiful when they look at black. And so what you see are young people trying to, uh, to let their voices be heard, trying to validate even for themselves that they are a man, that they are a woman, that they should be considered as, as 
uh, American citizens. So really it, it's sad to see history repeating itself, but also that could be the hopeful point simply because we've seen this happen before and we should be able to see what didn't work and what needed to be done. And while I was listening to that song, I thought about it. You know, when have we ever put out, when when have we recently about these issues, when have we put out our public announcement? When have we made our um, our open letter to the people to let them know where we stand on these issues? So uh, while, I, while I was listening to that song, it was a great song, and I'm like, you know what, do they see our hands? Yeah, they got their hands up. But do they see our hands? Do they see our fists in the air? Do they hear our open letters saying we we, uh, we are tired of seeing the young people having to do what the elders had to did have had to do without uh, without getting what they had asked for? And so uh, now would be the time I would say for the PGRNA, for the New Black Panther Party, uh, for other organizations, the Black Riders, everybody to come together and actually begin to. Uh, to to use our political arm to put out our public service announcements to let them know, okay, you may not see us out there in our uniform, but we have some that are in in plain clothes. You, then again, it's some of them that's out there in their uniform, and to let them know that we support them too, you know. So um, what? While I was listening to that song, and I, and I want to repeat again, now is the time for us to begin to put out our open letters. Uh, about these issues, for us to put out our our public statements about these issues, and then some young person gonna say, "Man, you heard the PGRNA put out a statement, dude? You know, New Black Panther Party put out a statement. New Black Panther Party, what you talking? Yeah, man, they said this and this, and they'll be sharing. And before you know it, you you got something that's done went viral. You know, maybe we need to start making our videos of solidarity for them and and tagging the parties and tagging the respective organizations." Because we have to operate the way they're or, that they that they are operating to some level and to some effect, which would be to use what they use, uh, use where they are. You got to get where they are, you know. So well, if, if we're trying to do you. this without uh, without hitting the social media here and there and hitting the share and, and repost and retweeting, uh, it's going to be difficult to reach the young people. So number one, we got to get out where they are. Number two, we got to somewhat do what they do. You understand, and number three, we got to stop doing what was already done, expecting a, expecting a different result. You know? Yeah, but Lady Freedom, Lady Freedom, I love you, and I respect everything that you said. As I said before, we're going to have you on as a, a feature. Uh, what 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 the problem is with young people, and I recognize that eight six two eight 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 is holding as a matter of um, a question or a comment. But you know yourself, like I do, that there is uh, in 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 I don't want to say in fighting, but there are situations where you have some of these people who are out here not really representing black power, but they're representing their own self-interest, Queen. And I'd like for Brother Kahar to weigh in on that one because, like, not only are they um, that they're representing their own self-interest, but they are doing damage to the nationalist movement. And what we're doing at this point, we're trying to put together a panel to kind of get rid of these, to, to weed out the wheat from the tear as, as um 
as I'm saying, the weed from the chair, because primarily there are some individuals that are just not out for black power. They are out for self-power. And Brother Kahar, I'm going to let this go to you. And after that moment, we are going to go to 862-888, black power. Black power. First of all, uh, those who are listening, let's make it clear. Uh, when we sign our application or when we sign our citizenship and we put our name on that, that is not membership alone into a nationalist uh, independent formation. That's an act of war against white supremacists, against the neo uh, 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 buffer zone Negro. That's an act of war. And when you have an act of war, then there's war. And so when we see what is happening with the youth and what's happening with the organization, the enemy who was here from the beginning, that there was Garvey and everybody else, uh, he also have a revival movement. It's the way we revive our movement for our liberation, he revived his movement for death. And so as we move forward to recruit, he moved forward to destroy. And uh, the name is counterintelligence, and that's for a reason. Counterintelligence is a military term in terms of uh, gathering intelligence on those uh, forces that they want to destroy. They don't have a program called Counter Ignorance because ignorance is self destructive within itself. So it let us know that our movement is a very intelligent movement and that his job is to destroy it. So he got the counter uh, of intelligence. So what happened with the organization, there's people who come in the organization who are not ready to become students. What I would like to see as leadership in this organization, that our soldiers become scholar soldiers, simply meaning this, that we not only know how to fight on the field, but we know how to fight in the classroom. We, uh, we know how to fight in the home. In other words, we know how to use our philosophy and our ideology uh, as well as the black nationalism to keep people straight because there are formation out there that is set up by the government to make us look bad. There uh, are Negroes that they place in front of us. Uh, certain groups are, are, are fake groups that have been set up by the government, and some groups have been set up because uh, individual egos and uh, 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 opportunists. This is to bring slander uh, uh, definitely against the organization. And I would like to just read this in uh, 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 novel alone. This is one of the uh, this is one of the primary objectives of this system. And uh, one, and then it's open. Their job is to prevent us from having a coalition of black nationalist organizations. And they would do that by any means. That's number one. Number two, to stop the rise of a collected leadership who can unify and electrify the black nationalist movement. That's number two. Number three, to prevent violence or part of the group counterintelligence program was set up false group, ideological slander, character slander to bring about violence between the groups. Number four, prevent the revolutionary black massive group and its leadership from gaining respectability by discrediting them to three separate segments of the community. And the final one is what the program we're talking about today. The final goal should be to prevent the long-range growth of revolutionary black nationalist organizations, especially among the youth. 
So for me, when I fill out an application and don't think that I'm going to run across county revolutionary uh, uh, people, no, you're going to find that. Opportunist people who come in with other agenda, you're going to find that. People who will come in and they're going to be, have jealousy and hang up, you're going to find that. And at the same time, you're going to find you're going to be harassed on your job. You're going to be harassed wherever you go. Because when you sign a declaration of independence, when the North and the South went to war, that cracker killed his own cousin. You know, he, he you know he killed his own cousin. He said, "No, this is mine. The capitalism is gonna be mine. The North gonna run the industrial complex. We gonna come down. We gonna kill you. We gonna come down with our copy back, and we gonna rob." So, what you think he gonna do to us as an independent people? That he's not gonna let us sit around and romanticize this. And this will happen. Sometimes we sit around and romanticize too much, and not seeing the work that going into it, and not seeing the suffering, the sacrifice going into it, and not really take constructive criticism and understand. And that the whole is more important than the individual, you know. And and once we get to that point, then we'll raise the wall because this government is not going to allow us to be an independent movement without pulling out all of his tricks and all of his cronies and all of his things that he's doing. What he did to the Black Panther Party and the murder of of, uh, of Conrad. I ended the counterterrorism program, paid $7.4 million for information on the Black Panther Party. In 1968, it was recorded that there were 3,300 3, uh, 3, informants. In 1971, the rate of informants who infiltrated wow. the Black Panther Party was 7,500. Uh, 7, counterintelligence assassination. These are the ones that have been recorded that we know about. Counterintelligence assassination. In 1968, they murdered seven Panthers. In 1969, oh, sir, they murdered seven oh, Panthers. Sir, 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 am I, am, am, am I hearing this to say, you to say that our people are for sale? Uh, I think that uh, according to uh, the MVPP manual, that is why they don't allow drug addicts and um, individuals that can otherwise be compromised within the ranks, primarily because um, they are a threat to the movement. Uh, I, I, I said at a meeting that we had once before that uh, these individuals who seek to uh, have us eradicated they see, they put many, many different people. And when you told me about all of the numbers, when you just quoted the numbers, I'm saying, my Lord, it's like maybe one out of two. But at the same time, sir, I need to go to 862-888. Black Power, you are live. Black Power, Queen Ruby. Um, basically, I wanted to first address what the Queen was saying in regards to the media and our taking over of the media, at least our media, and then the media in general, I'm in complete agreement with, and you have my full support on um, something that's been discussed amongst our chapter already. But, um, you know, just to hear someone say that, and that's an agreement with it, all that is is a confirmation. It's just time to get it started because everything that's coming at us is pure crap. We know it. It does not reflect us. It has nothing to do with us, and we have no true influence on it. So I definitely agree with you on that. Um, Minister Justice, you, when you just spoke on um, infiltration and, and people coming with their own personal agendas, uh, our party knows um, one of my biggest platforms and my issues within the party is no egos. Um, 
That's one of the biggest things that can destroy any movement, any group, any party, especially one that actually wants to progress. If you can't progress for people and then have yourself progressing first and foremost, it's just not going to work. Your mission has to, your mission has to sometimes be basically sacrificed. It has to come first. But um, in reference to yes, um, even in reference to that, I just wanted to say um, one thing. Our local um, has discussed and implemented is uh, accountability from the start. Um, definitely um, show and prove action. Do the work. That's 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 our main thing. Do the work. Show the work. And that's from the beginning. You know the, that weeds out right then and there. Because when you ask, I, I mean, it's it's a, it's a simple equation. I mean, as soon as you start asking people to step out of their comfort zone, that's when that's when you see where where they really are. And those were my um, two comments in reference to the conversation we just had. But I do want to go back, brother. Um, I just wanted, in regards to reparations, some of the young people. From my understanding, I mean, my generation and, um, you know, younger, um, in regards to reparations, they may see it as something like grandpa's hidden treasure. Grandpa got a million dollars buried up under a tree over 10 miles yonder type thing, uh, if you can understand what I'm saying. So my thing is, where is the... How how is it tangible? How is it tangible? Who And my main question would be, how do you even decipher or discern who is considered a black person if we were to automatically just, okay, we're giving y'all reparations. How do you break down who's considered a, a black person, a, a, a descendant of the original people that were here? And black power. Black power, I, I, just, queen. Black power queen, that is relevant. We also have on the line, Brother Kahar, our national minister of our national uh, chief of staff, Black Power, Brother Osiris, your mic is hot. Black Power, go ahead. Black Power, Black, Black Power. Power. What's going on? What's going on? How y'all doing? Sir, What's we are talking, talking about how uh, the dream of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King applies to black nationalism, sir. We have gone through several different instances most especially we're focusing on the youth. Brother Kahar has given us a very uh, a serious wealth of information regarding how it connects, but we'd like to hear from you, sir, Black Power. Well, I mean, that's... that's oh, a, a we also of... have Lady Freedom on the line, which is the vice president of the PGRNA. Uh, how you doing, Freedom? How you doing, Queen? Hi, great to hear from you, Brother Osiris. Right on, right on. Well, I mean, you're talking about black nationalism and Martin Luther King, and I think that's something that uh, people don't put together. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's to some people in the Pan-African nationalist community, that was something that that people might not get it, that he was a Pan-Africanist or, or a nationalist. But I just think that there's a lot of misconceptions about the man, um, the, the man that I, I understand that he was and where he was going. Uh, the man who at the end of his life began to change some of his, his views and understanding that, you know, the American dream, as so as he was saying, was not the reality that he thought he was going to be. I think that, that, that Dr. King was, was a man that uh, a lot of us in the national community, we we were more geared toward Malcolm because we understood his nationalist ideology and 
like like Ozzy Davis said, Malcolm was our manhood. He was the example, but I think people take King lightly because you're not you can't not be no punk and sit up here and do the things you do in March and, and go down the highway and playing and bombing. And I mean, the man was in the, the shadow of death 24 hours a day. But to continue to do and go about his mission for what he felt was right for our people, it, you know, that's something that should never be taken lightly from, from his legacy and what he was trying to do. We might not agree with a lot of the methods he used, but I think in our later years we began to admire and respect him. And I love how Malcolm you know, sent the letter to uh, one of the, the main Ku Klux Klan leaders down there and told him that I do not belong to Elijah Muhammad's uh, black uh, Muslim who, uh, uh, group anymore. And if anything happens to Dr. King uh, or any of his followers, you will be met with maximum retaliation. So the, the love and respect that Malcolm had for King in the end, you know, they might not agree, you know, uh, over ideology, you know, but I believe that Malcolm began to uh, have a respect for Dr. King, and Dr. King had a, a, a respect for Malcolm as well. And we will never know what, what when they met. We don't have, we have like two pictures. I believe they said they met twice, and we have a picture from one of their meetings, but we don't know what their private little small conversation was about. But uh, Malcolm, well, you know, he began to, admire Dr. King just for, you know, what he was doing and, and and where he was going in his own right. So there is definitely a connection there, and uh, I just think that people should revisit Dr. King's last speeches and to hear the, his, his, his tone begin to change because at that time the Black Panther Party was very relevant on the scene and black people in America were talking, you know, about revolution. And, and and Malcolm said, I mean, and Martin Luther King said, we need a revolution of ideas. So you can see the influence that Huey had, uh, the party had on Dr. King, and we know that the uh, the, the effect that uh, Malcolm had on uh, the uh, the Black Panther Party. So I, I, that's all I can add, sister. If, if there's any more uh, direct questions, I might can answer. But that's just my little overview of where I think they, the brother was was going, and the respect that I believe Brother Malcolm had. Yes, sir, brother, uh, chief of staff. Uh, we have a call coming in from nine seven three two seven seven. Any questions or comments? Go ahead. Your mic is hot. Yes, ma'am. Black power. Black power. This chairman every is prompt for the North chapter. I yes, just sir. I just want to okay, commend all the comments that was on the line. You know what I'm saying? I told them this is mandatory political education phone call as well, and I appreciate the knowledge, and I'm not going to leave without, you know what I'm saying, giving respect to Brother Kahal, you know what I'm saying, congratulations on the national chair, you know what I'm saying. Black power. Black power, you know what I'm saying, nobody knows that, that's good, you know what I'm saying, nobody else could do the job, I'd like to congratulate Cyrus on the chief of staff, you know what I'm saying, and um, Yanga on um, national spokesman. The national spokesman. But um, with that being said, you know what I'm saying, you can tell a true revolutionary by the truth that he bears. And this program that we have, you know what I'm saying, we, we give back to the kids. You know what I'm saying? My son is two years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like he can identify Marcus Garvey by his image. You know what I'm saying? I just want to know what advice can you give me as a father 
to make sure I revolutionize him because our goal is to revolutionize our people as well. And when you're trying to organize a nation, it starts with a family. So I just want to, you know what I'm saying, congratulations to our national chair. You know what I'm saying, this year, revolution will have to fall in line. <laughs> and I just, um, now I'll ask that question, Chairman. Black power, yeah, black I power. Black power. Black power. I uh yes, I was uh when uh when my son uh uh Yang was born, uh he was born uh, uh in the party. Uh I was chairman uh uh in uh, Louisville, Kentucky and uh was working with the uh, Central Committee and working with the Harlem branch and one of the things that I did uh when uh, I would go to meetings, I would make sure that uh, I would take him to the meetings. And yeah, sure. uh, when uh, at uh, nighttime, when uh, way uh, before he became older, uh, I would sit on the bed and I would tell revolutionary stories. Story. And, uh, you know, I'm saying that uh, once again, our children see us when a lot of times we don't think that they're looking. And then one of the greatest things, though, now check this out, family. I want everybody listening at this now. Check this out. It ain't only what uh, your children see in you is when they go out in the streets and then they say, they ask them, uh, what's your daddy's name? And they tell them what their father's name is. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the people respond, you should see their face. See, so mm-hmm. it ain't just what you do in the house, it's what you do in the community. Yes, see? Sir. So so when the people in the community say, Oh, your father's a revolutionary, oh I know your father, you you so and so, son boy, come here, let me give you her. Oh girl, come here. Your mother's so and so, oh I know come I'll give you her. See, so our image inside the house and outside the house, uh, bring a whole lot to our children. That's why we mentioned earlier, we can't be revolutionary a black master in the house and an integrationist uh outside the house, you know. So so when they see us inside the house, they, they see us as well on, uh, on the outside the house. And, uh, uh, and definitely, Brother uh, uh, Sarge, uh we did uh, talk about uh, Dr. King sending a letter to uh, Betty Shabazz and, and talking about uh, uh, his respect. Uh, when Dr. King and uh, Malcolm did meet, uh, uh, they, they met uh, uh, in uh, 1964. Uh, and he met with Elijah Muhammad in 1966, and he did send Dr. King a letter. Uh, Dr. King did with me Prime Nkrumah. He did get an award from the uh, government in Jamaica, uh, the Marcus Messiah Garvey Award, and they did have a strong, a very, uh, uh, very strong relationship that we call the three M's, Malcolm, Martin, and Muhammad. And those were the three M's at that time in history that the government was scared of. So they assassinated they assassinated Malcolm, they assassinated Martin, and the character assassinated Elijah Muhammad. Uh, so, uh, Lady Cedar, this question goes out to everybody who is well-versed on the line. Uh, so what you're saying is that uh, black nationalism started with Dr. Martin Luther King. And I'm going to go to uh, Lady, um, Lady Freedom for that question, Black Power. Black Power. Black Power. There is no way it started with Dr. King. If, if anything, uh, you know, if anything, we have to go a little further back to um, the most 
uh, our Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey. And, and of course, there's somebody before him. You know, there was, there was I'm sure there were people, but we, but but uh, due to our limitations, due to the slave code, somebody couldn't write uh, that thing and 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 let it be passed around for somebody to read it, because then somebody else gets strung up, somebody else gets something cut off, and so uh, I mean, even just thinking back um, to to the Caribbean and other places where people were making a stand and saying, you know what, we might need to go back to to the source. Um, but I, I wanted to stick in, stick this in since we were speaking about that, and you've been asking frequently about Dr. King. You know, Dr. King said that, that there was a check given to the people, and the check came back more insufficient funds. And so we know in this age where people, what happens when you write a bad check, and we know it's plenty of people sat in check. I, I, I sat in jail because of checks. I had to go to the courthouse to handle some business this week. I listened to a, a white woman say she sat in jail eight years about some bad checks. She said she wrote ten of them. She said she ain't had a license since 1986. Okay, so if 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 that kind of extreme can happen because somebody wrote a bad check, imagine how many bad checks floating around America as far as what we what what was promised to us, which we know we not to really expect to get, but we know there's a way that it can be, it can. Be distributed now, uh, but but I wanted to stick that in there, you know, while we're having this conversation about uh, black nationalism, while we're having this conversation about black liberation uh, and its theologies. Dr. King said, you know, the people have received a check, and, and it's going to come back marked insufficient funds. So so the reposition begins to be, you know, hey, our, our people of our nation, y'all wrote us some bad checks, and we're going to need some interest, we're going to need some penalties, we're going to need some late fees. It might even require some imprisonment. You might, you know. Yes, so, yes ma'am, yes, ma'am. And then the other thing I wanted to say about this, these, these um, these these marches and so forth, and the and the assimilation of people, and in our role thereof. What I've been hearing while they've been having these conversations about uh, the changes that need to take place regarding our uh, regarding the police department structures and all, we should be the front runners of having the conversation, the the, the public conversation about the undoing of COINTELPRO. And how COINTELPRO going unchecked has brought us to the part, has brought us to this point where we are right now. You know, we, we know firsthand um, throughout the various formations and factions of the party and, and, and similar organizations how we have been directly infect, uh, affected and infected, I, I about said it right the first time, by COINTELPRO. And to tie that together with Dr. King. In, in 1999, the government had to produce documents that proved that, yes, the FBI and the United States government had something to do with the murder of Dr. King. Now, now, where does this go back to that insufficient check would be, not only were we targeted as um, so-called revolutionary, uh, so-called, uh, well, well they, they were just so hurt that black men were toting guns down the street in open in, in the open for people to see, black men bearing arms and black women toting rifles. It just really upset them oh so bad. So so you can get some people to understand why they wanted to kind of try to suppress us. But Dr. King 
was not necessarily that person, that gun-toting person. People had to turn in their knives before they could go into the mass meetings. So to even just to further show, not only did y'all give us an insufficient check, but even the things that you said that you were using this government program to do was not placed. So so when we get to talking about uh uh, what the marches are meeting, what, is, what the civil rights, the the things of that nature. Dr. King was killed because of COINTELPRO, even though he did not necessarily fit the description. Dr. King uh, not only would showing that the government killed Dr. King in 99, I think get us some new uh some new wind as far as the flushing out of COINTELPRO. And I've been saying for about a month now, if we could use our our powers, use our resources to defund COINTELPRO and have that money go into a fund for reparations, they wouldn't have an answer as to why they couldn't pay what is due for that check that came back marked insufficient funds. So... I wanted to tie those two things together with that, and hopefully people can connect yes, with us. And yes, see, you know, I do believe we have our uh, national spokesman, uh, Brother Yanga, on the line. Black Power, Brother, your line is hot. Black Power, Black Power. So, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. My phone had died, so I'm catching. Uh, some of the, the, the final endings. One of the things, though, I want to commend everyone, and this is what a party does, pulling together to make the radio program a success, everyone chiming in, putting in their inputs. I hope from, I missed some of it, but I hope from it that we gathered and that we've learned and that it served as not just a learning point, but as inspiration and motivation for us to continue the movement of our ancestors, from Dr. King to Stokely Carmichael, Malcolm, um, you name them, countless, and that we go on in that some of the things we're going through, and this is the travesty of what we're going through now because a lot of it is repetition. A lot of it, it has been done before in the past. So if we learn from that, we learn about the uh, methods of Pro, some of the methods that we've tried as a people that weren't act- actually effective for us and start to revamp, revitalize, revisit our strategies, and just put forth a good foot. Sister Justice, I want to tr- thank you tremendously. Once again, you've come through, like always, rocking the boards, co-hosting Chairman Kahar, and for the uh, New Black Panther Party, the People Party, forward. Let's just move forward. Let's do the vote, and let's do the thing. Black Power family. Black Power. Black Power. Uh, what I'd like to do now is um, we have four minutes and 13 seconds. I'd like to take it over to our national chairman of the New Black Panther Party, Brother Kahar, for the next couple of minutes, and then we're going to take that on to uh, niggas are scared of revolution because guess what? It seemed to me that too many black folks are scared of revolution, and our program we have our feeding program in here in New Jersey. We feed the children nutritional dinner. We teach them comedic sciences. We teach them uh, drumming. We teach them Swahili. And if their parents hear black power too much, they're willing to take their kids out of the program. They ain't no willing. They run right out of the program. So I'd like for our national newly elected national chairman, Brother Kahar, whom I love so much, who has uh, 
held me up so many times when I was falling down. Brother Kahar, Black Power, I need for you to go ahead in these last couple of minutes, and then we're going to play our music, which is Niggas Are Scared of Revolution. Black Power, sir, go ahead. Black Power, I would like to end on a spiritual note uh, because uh, the spirit, uh, the body, and all is one. And I would like to say this. When we put on our uniform, our cat coming out of Africa is over our heart. That's the first seat of authority when we're born before the mind can even think the heart has a beat. Then we put the cat on our beret. And that's all that sets right over, straight over the heart. So the mind and the heart is one. Then we raise our hand in the black power salute over our head in a dead lock black power salute. We got the five fingers that represent our common sense. And we got the palm locked in. In other words, the palm that reach out for the people. We don't went from the ancestor's hand and from the ancestor's shoulder. Now we in the fist of the ancestors. And when we look down at our boots, our boots are standing on the ground, simply meaning that we are standing on the people. We are standing on the grass root. We are standing in inside of boots of five toes of the common sense of the people. And the bottom of that boot is called the soul. It is the soul of the people. And I end by saying by the token of time through the ages, the mind is at loss. Self, such as self faith and do righteous deeds and join together in the mutual teachings of truth patient and consistency. I created you different, not that you despise one another, but that you might know one another. As I created male and female, not that you find hatred between one another, but truly love and tranquility between each other. And that's where we at today, brothers and sisters. We are one family. We got the arms, the right arm, the left arm, the left leg, the right leg. The liver, the heart, they all got different functions. But when they function together, the body is healthy. The heart is not mad with the liver. The liver not mad with the heart. The mind ain't mad with the heart. The heart ain't mad with the mind. It's one body. And yes, that body sir, is called Revolutionary Black Nationalism. Thank you. Yes, sir. And Black Power, and we go to now. Uh, and so many people chiming for now. My Lord, the board is just lighting up. Well, we're going to go to Niggas Are Scared of Revolution. Black Power to all, and we'll see you black here next Wednesday when we have Brother Yanga, our national minister of, our national spokesperson. Black Power, and here we go. Black Power. Oh, niggas love revolution. Niggas are scared of revolution. But niggas shouldn't be scared of revolution. Because revolution is nothing but change. And all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for murder and change into pimping clothes. They hit the streets to make some quick change. Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde. And old black hair that looks for change. Niggas kill other niggas just because one didn't receive the correct change. Niggas change from men to women, from women to men. Niggas change, change, change. You hear niggas say, things are changing, things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. Nigga things into black nigga things. Black nigga things that go through all kinds of changes. The change in the day that makes it rent and rave. Black power, black power, and the change that comes over them at night as they sigh and moan. I die. Ooh, I die. Niggas always going through bullshit change. But when it comes for real change, 
Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are actors. Niggas are actors. Niggas act like they're in a hurry to catch the first act of a great white host. Niggas start to act like Malcolm. And when a white man doesn't react to them like he did Malcolm, niggas wanna act violently. Niggas act so cool and strict, causing white people to say, What makes you niggas act like that? Niggas act like you ain't never seen nobody act before. But when it comes to acting out revolution, niggas say, I can't dig them actions. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are very together people. Niggas talk about getting high and riding around in ales. Niggas to get high and ride to hell. Niggas talk about pimping, pimping that, pimping what? Pimping yours, pimping mine. Just to be pimping is a hell of a line. Niggas are very together people. Niggas talk about the mind, talk about my mind stronger than yours. I got that bitch's mind upside. Niggas don't know a damn thing about the mind, but they'd be right. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas fuck. Niggas fuck, fuck, fuck. Niggas love the word fuck. They've been there so fucking cute. They fuck you around. The first thing they say when they're mad is fuck it. You play a little too much with them. They say fuck you when it's time at TCB. Niggas are somewhere fucking trying to be nice to them. They fuck over you. Niggas don't realize while they're doing all this fucking, they're getting fucked around. But when they do realize, it's too late. So niggas just get fucked up. Niggas talk about fucking, fucking that, fucking this, fucking yours, fucking monsters, not knowing what they're fucking for, ain't fucking for love and appreciation, just fucking to be fucking, niggas fuck white side, black side, yellow side, brown side, niggas fuck angles when they want dollar side, niggas fuck Charlotte, Linda, and Sue, and if you don't watch out, niggas will fuck you, niggas will fuck fuck if it could be fuck, but when it comes to fucking for revolutionary causes, niggas say fuck revolution, niggas are scared of revolution, Niggas are players, niggas are players, are players, niggas play football, baseball, and basketball, while the white man is cutting off their balls. When a niggas play ain't tight enough to play with some black sides, niggas play with white sides to see if they still have some play left. And when ain't no white sides to play with, niggas play with themselves. Niggas tell you they're ready to be liberated, but when you say, let's go take our liberation, niggas reply, I was just playing. Niggas are playing with revolution and losing. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas do a lot of shooting. Niggas do a lot of shooting. Niggas shoot off at the mouth. Niggas shoot blue. Niggas shoot traps. Niggas cut around the corners and shoot down the street. Niggas shoot sharp branches at white women. Niggas shoot dope into the arm. Niggas shoot guns and rifles on New Year's Eve. A new year that is coming in. The white police would do more shooting at them. Where are niggas when the revolution needs them shot? Yeah, you know, niggas are somewhere shooting this shit. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are lovers. Niggas are lovers. Are lovers. Niggas love to see Clark Gable make love to Marilyn Monroe. Niggas love to see Todd and fuck over the natives. Niggas love to hit a long range here. High on silver. Niggas love commercials. Niggas love commercials. Oh, how niggas love commercials. You can take niggas out of the country, but... You, you can't, can't take the country, country out of niggas. Niggas are lovers, are lovers, are lovers. Niggas love to hear Malcolm Max, but they didn't love Malcolm. Niggas love everything but themselves. But I'm a lover too. Yep, I'm a lover too.
love with you. I love niggas. I love niggas. I love niggas. Because niggas are me. And I should only love that which is me. I love to see niggas go through changes. Love to see niggas act. Love to see niggas make them plays and shoot the shit. But there's one thing about niggas I do not love. Niggas are scared of revolution. But when niggas love revolution like the bulls, 